Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and and I'm in a different part of the country. I I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then and you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Just an email from somebody who said, you know, the, the real meal deal is that sometimes people are afraid to call in to the show. They think someone's going to recognize their voice and they're going to be outed based on their own sexual addiction or their husband or wife's sexual addiction. So I got this email, and it said, Carol, I've been listening to your podcast, and I have a few questions. First, some background. I am a 38-year sober person in AA. My partner and I have been together for over four years. There is a history of him cheating and seeking out attention and conversation with women going to SAA about four months ago. I have been going to COSA that long as well. We also attend RCA. Now, for my listening audience that doesn't know, COSA is a support group for couples where there is sexual addiction. And it's for the partner who wants to understand more about it. Now, RCA is Recovering Couples Anonymous. It, too, is a couples program. It's been a long and drawn-out road to recovery since about two years ago when I made my first discovery of his behavior. I've admittedly struggled the most with setting boundaries and finding the balance between support and my own well-being. Simply put, I have been, well, I have put up with too much. I believe he is heading in the right direction, but I myself am suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'm experiencing some very dramatic triggers that my partner reacts to. It is a terrible pattern. I need to work on setting boundaries, finding a therapist who knows partner issues, 
and we're looking for a good couples therapist in the area who understands sexual addiction. We do have a therapist. We see individually and together. It is the same person. But she has no training in sex addiction. Neither of us feel it's very helpful. Any help you can offer would be very valuable. So we're going to call her Carrie. And Carrie, I've got to tell you, you're absolutely right. I'm not saying that a therapist can't do good therapy with couples. But when sexual addiction is the primary problem, there are specific boundaries and treatments that you really need to participate in. And most therapists don't understand what those are. So my first um, point of intervention would be to say to you, okay, you're doing a lot of great support groups. Now you need to get a therapist who's a CSAT, a certified sexual addiction therapist, who has partner betrayal experience. That's somebody who needs to be experienced and trained in partner trauma. Because if you have post-traumatic stress disorder, you cannot afford to be with just somebody who is going to try to get you back on the right road and not understand the trauma you've experienced. Now, unfortunately, I don't know enough about you. You know, I don't know if you had post-traumatic stress before you found out about the discovery of the sex addict. And you two have been together a long time. And you yourself have 38 years of AA experience, so you get the 12 steps. But I got to tell you, and this is for all my listening audience, process addictions, and those are addictions that are related to sex, food, and spending, are way harder to manage than drugs or alcohol. And so some of the same things that you hear in a 12-step program for, let's say, alcohol, do not apply to sex addiction. And here's why. And I can't stress this enough. The issue is, if you've got somebody who is suffering from sex addiction, it is certainly affecting him or her. Let's just, for simplicity's sake, say it's a him. Okay, so it's definitely affecting him. But the bottom line is own recovery. And in in addition to that, equally important, and I say this with a lot of emphasis, is that he also needs to worry about your recovery because he has created a great relational fracture. And his sobriety not only depends on him working on his own recovery, first and foremost, but simultaneously working on yours, which means that he has to take great steps to understand that he's caused you a lot of trauma, a lot of issues, and simultaneously needs to be working on empathy and early couples recovery work for your sake. You didn't ask for this. You didn't attract it into your life. You're not a co-addict. 
you aren't codependent necessarily. And what he has to do is figure out a way to make you feel safe. Now, the the real issue is, does the therapist understand that? So here's what I advise you to do. I'm partial to this program because I'm on the board and I also train clinicians and coaches on partner-sensitive therapy. And we work from a partner trauma-sensitive approach. See, what we know at APSAP, which stands for the Association for Partners of Sex Addict Trauma Specialists, is that you deserve him to show up and be the best person who's going to help you heal after the discovery of sexual addiction. So now what I'm telling you is the sex addict has to work on his own recovery because that in in and of itself is going to make you feel safe. But then I'm going to tell you that he has to work on you. He has to help to develop that safety for you. He has to help develop the, oh, elementary relationship skills, patience, good boundaries, figuring out what will help you make make yourself feel safe, and what he can do to encourage that too. So you got to get somebody who gets this um, model. So go to APSATS, that's A-P-S-A-T-S dot org, and look for somebody in your area who has this training. Now, here's, here's the good news and the bad news. If you get an APSAT therapist or coach, you're going to have somebody who understands the drama and the trauma that you're feeling. And they've certainly been trained to understand sex addiction. Not to the degree that ITAP trains certified sexual addiction therapists, but unfortunately, with ITAP, oftentimes, They get experience, they get the training to provide partner-sensitive treatment, but their real um, focus is on the sex addict. And now, because you're a couple, you need somebody who can do both. So I advocate APSAT because it's an amazing organization that knows that this is the most traumatic thing that you could go through. So Carrie, I mean that. I want you to get somebody who knows what they're talking about. And there are several, if there's nobody in your area, there are several clinicians slash coaches in that organization that can actually help you via Zoom. And Zoom is a HIPAA compliance Skype. So, for instance, I'm one of them. I am... I just happen to be, this is really kind of weird, I was a therapist of 36 years and a CSAT first, and then I've been a coach for 12 years and an APSAT for, hmm, I'd say three years. So I can provide guidance to you that's both sex addiction uh, sensitive and it's also 
partner sensitive. And there are other people like me in this organization that can also do that. So get your biggest bang for the buck and go with somebody who can help both of you at the same time with your early couples recovery work. Okay, now I'm telling you it's called early couples recovery work because when you have discovered that your partner has sex addiction, whether you're male or female, you need somebody who is then able to help you figure out what you need to do to stay safe, to set boundaries, to have good communication, but not get right into the therapy because recovery is essential, a disclosure is essential, and a disclosure is that tool by which you learn everything. You learn the entire truth. And when you know the truth, then you can decide how you're going to proceed. In reality, I totally believe that it's important for the addict to know that he or she has also shared the truth. You know, dishonesty, deceit, and deception all are the fundamental issues that feed a sex addiction. So unlike AA or NA, where maybe you don't share with your partner things that would harm him or her, as far as I'm concerned, in a true coupleship, you have the right to know everything. So you can decide how you're going to proceed. And here's the good news. 98% of the people that I work with, they want to stay together as long as they know the truth. And that is an amazing process, knowing the truth. And it's very formalized. It's not something that he should just share with you right off the bat. He needs to be with a skilled therapist that helps him with a formal disclosure so that he can give you the truth in a very safe way. Now, remember, this could be a woman, too, if she's a sex addict, but we're talking for simplicity's sake, that it be the male. And then you get that information. I follow it with the polygraph so that you know for a fact he shared everything. And then you get to, to, to decide how to proceed. And that, in and of itself, can be very freeing. Now, I've got to tell you, couples' work is very difficult. And so we have some trained specialists who have intensives. They have online resources so that you don't have to do this yourself. And that's why we are so excited to be talking about Helping Couples Heal which is a comprehensive in-person and online program that was developed based on a workshop that Marnie Breaker facilitated for many years, starting in 2010. So she's been doing this for nine years. And she has been working with Dwayne Osterlin, who also is the host of the Addicted Mind podcast and co-creator of the Helping Couples Heal program also. And so that's who we have on tonight. And I know that you, Carrie, are going to be excited to hear about what programming they offer and why they offer it the way they do. And hopefully it will help couples all over the world to heal. 
So I am super excited to be talking about this innovative program that, to be real honest, I don't know many people who offer anything like it, and that's why I asked them on the show. So Marnie and Dwayne, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having us on. Well, absolutely. This is an amazing program that you two have developed, and it's like part of it set off of another program that got started. And so I'm going to start with Marnie. Marnie, you've been facilitating for many years um, a workshop co-facilitated with Dr. Omar Minwala at the Institute for Sexual Health. So can you talk a little bit about your early work that has led into your work with Dwayne, who, again, is the host of Addicted Mind Podcast and the founder of Novus Mindful Life Institute? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, it's, It's kind of a long time ago, so to go back in time, when I first got hired at a treatment center in L.A., um, that treated sex addiction. Actually, Omar was the person who hired me, um, Dr. Manwala. And he hired me specifically to work with partners because at that time there, was, there were not a lot of people that were working with partners and working specifically from a trauma model perspective. And so um, I started doing that work with him and was with him for a couple of years. And then eventually he ended up founding the Institute for Sexual Health and invited me to come over there and work with him there. So it was during that time that Omar was doing a lot of research around trauma and partners. And he was, I would say he was one of the sort of the pioneers of the people in our field who um, really saw that partners were experiencing very serious and acute symptoms of trauma and that, you know, historically they'd been treated from a codependency model and that that model really isn't relational in nature. So while, you know, partners might have been with um, their husbands who were getting sobriety and doing well in their treatment, what was not happening was they were not learning about the tools and strategies necessary for relational healing. And so together with Dr. Manwala, we created, and actually another therapist in, um, in Texas who was also working in the trauma model world at that time, created this, this um, workshop called the Trauma Model Workshop for Couples. And we did that quite a few times at the Institute for Sexual Health. And it was a three-day workshop where we would bring couples together. So the first day the partner would come and she'd experience a lot of psychoeducation, all about partner and betrayal trauma. And then the second day she would not come and her husband instead would come. So the addict would attend and he would be exposed to all of the same information that she had gotten the day before. And then the third day, we would bring the couple together and we would integrate and process what they had both learned and then provide techniques and strategies for healing for the couple. And over the years, as I I moved into my own center, I started the Center for Relational Healing and I was working with mostly couples and people trying to repair their relationships after either sex addiction or infidelity I found that that couples workshop was really integral in the healing. And so I modified it and I made a lot of changes to it. And I've essentially been doing it at least every four to five months um, for the last, I'd say, six years. And I think it was about a year ago that Dwayne Osterland and I decided to collaborate together 
And we had um, met each other during our um, certification, becoming certified sex addiction therapists and have been in touch and collaborated on other cases. And Dwayne was also a big advocate of the partner trauma model. And we both felt like there were not enough resources out there for couples. And so that is how we started doing the workshop together. Well, yeah, and I have to say, yeah, go ahead, Dwayne. Well, I was just going to add to that. I mean, Marnie has been uh, such a, a supporter of this and actually her work got me into this as well to be able to really see how knowing the partner trauma model actually really also helps the addict who is struggling. And that's such an important component as well. So I just wanted to add that. Well, I'm glad you did because we're all singing the same tune. I'm part of APSATS, which Omar Manuela was on the board, the founding board of APSATS, and he certainly introduced the sex addict um, trauma model for partners. And so one of the things that APSATS advocates, even though this is not about APSATS tonight, but they said, hey, do you know that if an addict is in good recovery, he can actually help the partner heal from the trauma that he caused. And of course, this could be he or she, but we'll just say he for simplicity's sake. And when that occurs, couples develop, communication is developed. And so it is so exciting to hear that you two have really focused on a program for the couple that revolves around partner trauma and also sex addiction. So if you would tell me a little bit about this couple's healing program. Who wants to do that? Dwayne, do you want to do that? Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, when, as Maria mentioned, we had gotten together and we really saw a need for this because, um, a lot of times when we're looking at treatment, um, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of separation going on. The addict kind of goes and gets his own treatment. The partner gets their treatment. And we really found that where we were finding success was bringing these together and having them work with each other and understand how trauma works uh, within the body and how the addict understanding how his behavior can be traumatic or abusive, can actually shift that, and it actually became empowering for the addict. And then we'd also see the partner heal. So we started to put this into a framework um, that people could come to and have access to all of this information and learn about the trauma model and then actually be able to practice uh, doing that as well. So it was... was, um, uh, yeah, we put it together and, and um, in a two-day workshop, and it's it's uh, really powerful. And I'd I'd love to yeah. add to that that we were doing the workshop as Dwayne said as a standalone for a period of time, and then what we realized was that there was still a void and something that was missing, which was preparing the couples prior to the workshop, and then continuing to support them after they left the workshop. So in other words, when Dr. Manwala and I years ago were facilitating the trauma model workshop together, couples would come. It was an incredibly powerful experience, but then they would leave, and we didn't really have the aftercare available to support them. And so what Dwayne and I decided was that 
in addition to just having the workshop, we wanted to provide psychoeducation prior and really prep couples so that when they come in for the workshop, we can really focus exclusively on the, the actual relational healing piece, really give people the tools and the strategies um, to, to heal their relationships and to do like practical strategies and practices there at the workshop. And then we create this online forum that when they graduate, they can join and then continue to reap the support and the community and the resources. And what's also really, well, I want to I add what's also really agree. good about that. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I wanted to add what's really good about that is not only do they get that, then they get to be with people that understand the language of uh, talking about trauma so that they're surrounded by um, people that understand what's going on and, and having that validation and they can work with each other to improve um, their situation, improve their relationship. Yeah, and you both know that, you know, one of the drawbacks to support for partners is that there's this co-addict model. I'm not sure that you subscribe to, but I don't. I'm very pro-dependent, and I believe that partners didn't know what was happening. Um, They're innocent bystanders, and they shouldn't be pathologized for marrying somebody who had an addiction, nor should he or the addict be pathologized for having the addiction either. And so, so many support groups, um, they really can help a partner, but there's a part of the program that says, hey, you need to work on your side of the street, let the addict work on his or her side of the street, and then, you know, in a couple years, we'll get back together and see if we can't really help you to heal as a couple and it sounds like your program like my philosophy is let's get them together let's get them working let's get them creating some healthy habits and then work from there marty what do you think i'm a hundred percent with you there's so much i want to say um that's actually one of the main reasons that we changed the format of the, the workshop from three days, but separating the, couple, separating the couple, you know, for the first two days to having a workshop where they stay together the whole time because it's relational. You know, I thought to myself, why are we splitting the couples? You know, they're, you know, metaphorically, they're already very split. So if our goal is to help them heal, we really need to bring them together. And then also to speak to your point about the co-addiction Uh, model for partners, you know, I feel incredibly blessed because when I was hired at that treatment center years ago, Dr. Manuel is the one that hired me and he always worked from the trauma model perspective. So from the moment that I entered the field, that was really the only way that I knew how to treat partners. And I was also lucky to to be one of the founding um, board members of APSAS along with Dr. Manuel. So for me, and I know I can speak for Dwayne, that's absolutely the perspective and the approach that we take. Oh, yeah, so I love we definitely believe that. the yeah, we definitely believe that the, the, the relational component to to us is key to you know, when when addicts are in recovery and partners are in recovery, it's not just about being sober, but we really wanna hear heal uh, the spirit and the soul. And, uh, you know, our belief is that happens through relationship. It happens through the eyes of caring others 
that we can heal those deeper parts of ourselves. And doing a, doing a workshop like this that's relational really facilitates that process and makes that possible. Well, absolutely. And it sounds like the two of you found each other in terms of your clinical skills and you knew you could work together. And you also knew, as do I, that this, even though this is an epidemic issue, it, we're all pioneers in the field. And so when we figure things out, we build it better. And so that's why you are doing now, a th- and see if I'm right, three-day intensive where you work with the coupleship together, and then you offer them the opportunity for follow-up, online resources, Dwayne, your podcast. So can you share, Dwayne, some of what a coupleship would expect if they did the uh, intensive and then decided to move forward. Yeah. Well, you know what they could do when they come in, first we do an assessment with them and, and we get some of their history. And the first thing we start to do in, in the first day is to be able to really educate them uh, about what trauma looks like, uh, the difference between betrayal trauma and relational trauma how it might manifest um, in a relationship and how that happens. And this does two things. One, it opens the eyes for the addict to see the impact that their addiction had and how they hid their addiction or how they manifested their addiction in the relationship. So it opens the eyes for the addict. And then on the other side, it's very, very validating for the partner. Sometimes when partners come in and they do this workshop, this is the first time that they've really felt heard and understood in a deep, meaningful way. Like uh, they, they just feel like you get it. You, you understand what I'm going through. I'm not crazy. Um, so, th- so there's that part. And then once they do that in the next day, um, on the second day of this workshop, we work uh, through practical ways that they can be relational together so that they can start to facilitate um, this relational healing. Um, we give them steps they can do, uh, phrases they can say, and ways they can practice it. For a lot of times, um, for a lot of people who have done the workshop, they've never witnessed this before in their life. You know, a lot of people who struggle with addiction come from homes that, uh, you know, were probably less than nurturing. So they didn't, they didn't get to see um, what uh, a healthy relationship looks like or how you manifest that. So we actually give them the skills to practice practical ways that they can heal the relationship. And then after that, the ongoing support that comes through the website or continued coaching, um, we really work with them to take, take that from the workshop and move forward in their life with it because um, it takes time to heal. You know? oh, and I, I'd like to add – Carol, can I, can uh-huh. I just add something? Um, two things, actually. One is that it's, it's a two-day workshop, um, and you had mentioned three days, so I just wanted to clarify that. I had said earlier that when I had facilitated the workshops before Dwayne and I started to collaborate, they were three days. And then one of the changes that we made is we, we did change it to a two-day format, um, which I think is also yeah. helpful for couples because sometimes three days can be incredibly overwhelming and we wanted to facilitate the workshop on a Friday and Saturday 
specifically rather than a Saturday and Sunday, because what we found was that it takes a lot out of people and we wanted to give them that, you know, that Sunday to sort of integrate and process and get ready again to, you know, start their, their week again, the fall, you know, that Monday. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So they get some downtime to process and get ready to reintegrate into their work week, be with their kids or whatever. Um, And so then they get done with the two-day workshop, they get back home, and what might their week or month look like after they've been with you? Does it matter who answers? (laughs) No, either one of you. (laughs) Okay, why don't we split this, Dwayne? I'll I'll jump in and then I'll turn it over to you. So, you know, we, we pretty much require that the participants are in couples therapy when they come to the workshop. Because regardless of what kind of an online community we can provide, that's not the same as obviously an individual therapist who can work with the couple and, and process the work that went on in the workshop. So we always encourage prior to the couple attending that they have a session set up in advance with their couples therapist and that they get as much support following the workshop as they can. And we, we obviously really encourage um, a self-care plan for that following week. And we also really encourage that right after the workshop, the couple really not process that first night or even um, up until they go to their therapy appointment and to really allow the, the work, the practices, everything to marinate and, you know, just let them integrate it and take a little bit of time to absorb it before before really jumping into process at all. Yeah, and I would okay, say as they, as they, oh, and I, I'm sorry ahead. if I can add some more. Um, I'd also say as they as they get this information, it really changes the framework for them. So when they're starting to move forward into their life, they're using these skills so they're talking differently. Um, they uh, sometimes can have a little more especially for the addict, they can have a little more tolerance for the discomfort because they understand where it's coming from. They may not take it as personal, which allows them to kind of step out of their shame and be there for their partner. So you start to see things like, uh, like that start to happen and they start to, work, they start to grow into the work that they've learned to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So now, I'm a big proponent of early couples recovery work versus couples therapy, and and obviously you're providing this very important adjunct service to either catapult them into a better recovery or to help them get ready for therapy. Um, So can you give us an example of maybe a communication skill that you might teach just so our listeners have an idea of what they might be getting from you. Absolutely. Um, One of the biggest communication techniques that we use is the Imago Dialogue. And for people that aren't familiar with that, it's um, it's a dialogue and a couples therapy program, essentially, that was developed by Harville Hendricks. And it provides a very structured format for the couple to use. And in early stages, couples can feel like it's incredibly uncomfortable because it's a bit contrived. It's like you're given a script. But the truth is that the safety 
is really found in the structure of that script. And so, you know, one of the things that we, you know, all of us that work with partners and couples recovering from, from betrayal is we often hear they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. The addicts do their best. They, they try to find ways and they, 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 they fall short. And so by providing them a framework and a structure, we're sort of saying use this because this really does work. And then as you get more, you know, as, as you get more skilled in doing that, then, you know, you can, you can start using your own language and you can, you know, turn it around and make it work for you. Um, so the Imago technique is really, really an essential, an, an, an essential practice that they leave with. And, you know, something also, Carol, I wanted to say a little earlier that I think is pretty crucial is that while the, the workshop is really, really powerful and profound for couples, it's really difficult because one of the things that we see is that, as Dwayne said before, oftentimes the addict has been completely lacking in empathy and compassion and a knowledge of what the trauma has really done to his partner and has never been able to validate that for her. So what happens is when they come into the workshop and they hear from other partners the traumatic impact that the betrayal has had on them and the husband is finally able to be empathic and often, you know, is tearful uh, and remorseful, that can actually be quite triggering for the partner because that's what she's been trying to get him to do for her since the beginning of, of recovery or since the early days of discovery. So those are the kind of dynamics that occur in the context of the workshop, and we get to work through them with the couples. And it's, it provides some really, really rich material to use. And I would say also I'd like to add that, you know, for the addict to – Sometimes because they're in the system, it's hard for them to see it. But when they see it mirrored in another system outside of their own system, sometimes that, that creates the ability for them to see it in their own system. And that's what's so powerful about this workshop is that they're not just doing it as a couple alone. There are some other couples there, as Marnie said, and, and it's incredibly powerful to see these couples move together through this process? I've, I've had quite well, a lot would, of clients that – oh, go ahead, Carol. Well, I was going to say, I would imagine so, because clearly we all know that when you're dealing with a partner who's experienced discovery or maybe the addict was doing some good work and slipped and relapsed, and now it's been 10 years and, and she had no idea that he was back into it, there is betrayal trauma or relational trauma. And, you know, that is something very different than other types of trauma. I always say it's the worst trauma that somebody can go through. So I'm kind of curious, for our listening audience, that's exactly what you deal with both individually and within the context of the coupleship. Can you describe the difference between, well, what betrayal trauma or relational trauma is. Sure. So we define betrayal trauma as the experience that the partner has um, in response to the discovery of the betrayal. So, you know, it's that moment that their world essentially shatters and they find out that what they had thought was their reality is not their reality. So those, that, that trauma is really the complex PTSD symptoms that we see presented in the clients that come to see us and the partners. 
And then the difference between betrayal trauma and relational trauma, at least in terms of the way that we treat it and how we look at it and conceptualize this, is that relational trauma is the, um, is the outcome, essentially, of the betrayal trauma. So if you have a partner who has been traumatized after learning about the betrayal um, that she's experienced from her husband, as well as from the chronic patterns of abuse and deception and lies, and gaslighting that, that accompanies the acting out, then you can't have a relationship that's not going to ultimately be traumatized as well. So that is, that's, that's, that's why really our workshop addresses both betrayal trauma and relational trauma, because if you have a couple coming in wanting to heal and you know, have relational healing, but we don't address the betrayal, which is what caused the relational rupture, then we're not going to really be effective at being able to create and facilitate healing. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and that helps our listening audience to know what these things are. Um, so then what is the actual difference between betrayal and relational trauma? Well, I think when you look at betrayal, you look at that event of um, discovery, you know, that actual mm-hmm. betrayal of finding out that the life that they were in um, is not the life they thought they had, and that betrayal of that trust, of that bond. And then when you look at the relational trauma, you look a lot at the, um, the gaslighting, uh, the, the, the lying, what, what, how the addiction manifested itself over time. And you have to work on both of those to be able to, to heal the relationship. And a lot of times, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in one or the other. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the betrayal trauma and focus on that because that's maybe so big in, in front of us. Or um, maybe that gets ignored and we just look at the relational and um, we really have to do both. If, if you want to heal this for the, for the long term, you have to handle both parts of, of that trauma. And, and Dwayne and I look at two things when, it, when we talk about betrayal trauma um, that I think is really important. So the first part is, like we've been saying, the discovery trauma, you know, finding out that your husband has been living or your partner has been living a secret life um, is the first, the first cause of trauma. But then there's a secondary cause of trauma, which is essentially the survival responses that the partner experiences as a result of that primary trauma. So what I mean by that is if, um, and we talk a lot about this and a lot of these, uh, these issues in our podcast, by the way. So if anybody is, is interested in hearing more, um, that is something that, you know, you can, you can do when you ex- access our podcast. But um, we... Well, you were talking about the survival responses and, and how oh, those. Yes. That's okay. yes. So, sorry. Thank you so much, Dwayne. I don't know what I would do without you. Yes. So the survival responses, I apologize. That would be, so if somebody prior to the discovery, for instance, prides themselves on being a very present parent, you know, it really spends time with their children when they get home from work, um, you know, helps them with their homework, all of that. And then they find out about the discovery and their life essentially goes into a state of crisis. And so when they get home from work, instead of now spending time with their kids, they might put their kids behind the TV and then go in and isolate because they're depressed. Or they might go into the other room and be, you know, looking online for information on sex addiction and betrayal 
or looking for treatment options, or even, you know, in, in terms of trying to, trying to find out more information, if there hasn't been a formal disclosure, they might be, you know, investigating um, and looking, looking for, for more information. And so, so how that relates to the survival response is that the person is no longer now this person who prides himself on being a very present parent. And often that can be very traumatizing. Um, and other examples, you know, could be just people can start smoking cigarettes or drinking more or even acting out themselves compulsively. And these are things that are done as a way to adapt to a trauma, but ultimately cause further trauma to the individual. Yeah, that makes total sense. And we are just on the same page. And, you know, I don't always find a lot of clinicians that believe the same things that I do and certainly we teach through APSATS. And, Marnie, it sounds like you got started with that APSATS model as a founding board member. So tell me, why do you both, and I want each one of you to share your thoughts, why do you both feel it's so hard for couples to heal from this type of trauma? Well, so, I can go ahead. And, yeah, absolutely. You want to start, Swain? Oh, sure. I mean, I, I think it's so. There, there's a couple of reasons I think that it's it's really difficult. First is that for a lot of time, uh, there's there's not a lot of information out there about how to work through this trauma. So, um, getting information, like you kind of uh, you said earlier about how um, a lot of the old treatment model was, you know, you go to your side of the street, I go to my side of the street, and then we'll come back together. And I th- so I think that makes it very, very difficult for people to heal from this type of trauma. And then also really understanding that uh, relational component and getting the skills that enable you to counter, kind of in a way counteract that trauma by being able to heal it through the relationship itself. I think you can add more to that, um, Marty, if you want to. Yeah, well, you know, we, it's, it's a great question because Dwayne and I address this a lot um, in our podcast. You know, we live in a very sexualized culture, and so it's incredibly easy for partners to be triggered. And, you know, even when the relationship is going well and, is, and has really experienced quite a bit of recovery and healing, a partner can easily get thrown back into that trauma state by seeing, let's say, a billboard or, you know, watching a television show or a movie or seeing an image or even talking with a friend and hearing a story that the friend is, is telling. And so managing triggers can be an ongoing issue for couples, which can make it very challenging. Um, and then another reason it's really hard to heal is because when you're dealing with addiction and, you know, not all betrayal cases obviously are about addiction, um, but when you do have sex addiction, the threat of relapse is always there. And while people can and do often have really strong recovery and can go years and potentially the rest of their life without acting out, it is something, you know, by definition, addiction doesn't have a cure. And so that's a really hard pill for a lot of partners to swallow. You know, I'm making the decision to stay in a relationship and try to heal a relationship where I don't know for sure that this is not going to happen again. And so I think that um, all of those are reasons why it's, it's very challenging to heal relational trauma. And I'd like to add one more. I'd like to add one more important part that I think is, 
uh, really important is that for the addict, they, you know, they have to work through that shame, um, that underlying shame that can really split uh, the relationship. And that is, a, that is a challenge. And part of the workshop gives the addicts some responses that they can go to that gives them actionable items so that when their partner is triggered, they're able to respond in a way that creates understanding, compassion, helps co-regulate the partner, and helps regulate them through the trauma instead of trying to uh, ignore the trauma or shut the trauma down or uh, dismiss the trauma. They actually, uh, they actually become the safe person for the partner to come to in those moments. And that is challenging to do for the addict because of their own shame history and um, want, you know, no one wants to feel shame. It's difficult. It's painful. So they really have to be there and get that support. But I think that also adds to that difficulty. And, and that's really one of the major reasons we created the aftercare support, this online community, because, you know, unlike other couples' issues, where if you go to a workshop and you do the work afterwards, you really can heal and move forward. I'm not going to say with no problems and no issues, but it's a lot easier um, than relational healing. So we, you know, as we all know, all of us treating professionals who, who work with betrayal know that the aftercare support is very important. You know, building that network of community, having others who have experienced similar situations and have moved forward and, and are further along so they can share their experience and offer support, um, that's really crucial. And, and again, that's what was missing. And we decided, well, let's make sure that we're providing that so people don't just come, get these great skills, and then go home and not know what to do. Right. You have to be able to put this into practice in a practical way. Oh, 100%. And I, I so agree with that. Now, let's hear a little bit about your podcast. How long have you been doing the podcast, which is called the Addicted Mind Podcast? And, Dwayne, I know that you – Post that. So, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. What's well, we vision? actually have two podcasts. I have my personal podcast, which is the Addicted Mind, and that's where I talk about um, all things addiction, treatment, addiction issues, anything that has to do with addiction. And I get other professionals on, other people in the community to to talk about that those issues. To so this specifically we're launching a podcast called Helping Couples Heal. Um, you can go to helpingcouplesheal.com and get all the information and sign up for our newsletter. And that podcast is specifically for uh, partners and partner trauma and helping couples through that process. Okay. And so, again, this is where a lot of this – I'm sorry, Carol, go ahead. No, no, no. Continue. So this is where a lot of people. I am not sure where I was going. Oh, yeah. This is where um, a lot of the people that are interested in attending the workshop can get a lot mm -hmm. of the psychoeducation so that when they come, and a lot of people come from, you know, out of town, and they're really, they're putting a lot into attending, we can start with we can jump in a lot faster than if we first had to start with all the psychoeducation, you know, on day one. So, mm -hmm. 
So that podcast series covers a lot of the things that we were talking about today, but we go into so much detail about all the different dimensions of partner trauma. We talk about kind of the historical way of treating betrayal trauma and partner trauma versus the trauma model that we talked about today. And we talk about relational healing. And today, in fact, Wayne and I interviewed Dr. Manwala, and we talked about his model, which is um, really focused on those relational patterns of abuse that accompany the, the betrayal and the acting out. So those are the kind of things that people will be able to hear when they listen to the podcast. Well, that is really exciting. So can anybody listen to the podcast, the Helping Couples Heal podcast? Definitely. Anybody can listen. Anybody who is struggling um, with partner trauma and, and addiction and, and betrayal and infidelity can definitely listen to uh, the Helping Couples Heal podcast. It's going to give them a lot of information. And in a way, it's an introduction to the workshop so that when they decide to come to the workshop and, and, if they, and that's a fit for them and they do that, they're going to have a basic understanding of partner trauma. And um, once again, they can find that at helpingcoupleshealcom And uh, I would definitely encourage people to go there and uh, sign up for our newsletter um, because uh, we'll be bringing uh, new, new podcast episodes out all the time and uh, encourage people to go there. I think it's going to be very helpful. Okay, so Dwayne, you said that pretty quickly. One more time, how do they get to find out about those podcasts? Um, if anybody's interested in, uh, you mm-hmm. know, or struggling with partner trauma or infidelity, they can go to helpingcouplesheal.com. And right there they can sign up for our newsletter and uh, we'll get them all the information that they need. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing resource. And, you know, you guys, I got to tell you, when I started, Marnie, when did you graduate from uh, your CSAT uh, education? I became certified in 2010. And that's about the time that I did, too. And I, I know that we, were, we shared some of the same classes. And I remember looking at our class and saying, hey, I'm going to start doing some podcasts. Any of you want to talk about it and sign up? And I'm telling you, I was looking at deers in the headlights. They're like, nobody wanted to do that, (laughs) even though everybody has a wealth of information. So I started this podcast. I call myself the godmother. That's what Sex Help with Carol the Coach is all about. And now, my goodness, we have 20, 30 great series of podcasts by so many skilled professionals like yourself. And so so many people love to get on the computer and download to their iPod, their iPad, their phones, this kind of information so they can listen to it when they want to and get all that valuable information. And this, this is an amazing precursor to your intensive. So I just want to compliment both of you for making partners and addicts um, helping them to create the coupleship that they want. There's been so much damage, but I, like you both, feel like they really want to stay together. They really want to work it out, and they want to heal the betrayal and also heal the damage. So, guys, you're doing great work. 
I hope that my listening audience will go to your website. And Marnie, one more time, your website is? Helping double, um, sorry, helpingcoupleshealth.com. And there's also information there about our workshops. The next one is, actually, it's only a few weeks away. It's March 9th and 10th, and we do have a couple of spaces available. So people can go to the helpingcouplesheal.com website to get more information. Fantastic. And if my listening audience makes that decision to do that intensive, I want you to let Marnie and Dwayne know that you heard it here on Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Okay, guys, thank you so much for your passion and your creativity and more than that, your sensitivity to what our listeners need because there aren't enough resources that help keep couples together if they so desire. So I really appreciate you too. Carol, oh, thank, thank you, you Carol. so much. And I think um, I think that your listeners, if they do check out the podcast, will find a lot of value. We're going to be having a couple of couples who have gone through the workshop and are quite far along in their recovery, um, years down the road, and really, I would say, thriving. And they're going to be sharing their stories. So, you know, we talked today about how it's very challenging to heal from relational trauma, but we also want to say there is a lot of hope, which is why we do what we do. So I hope that your listeners will find that helpful. And thank you so much for having us, Carolyn, for the work you do. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. So I just want to thank Dwayne Osterlin and Marnie Breaker, who have put together this Helping Couples Heal Intensive and the follow-up and the online courses and the podcast. And it's something you definitely want to look into if you want to catapult your relationship or if you just don't feel you're getting the traction that you need. So thanks, guys, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Uh-huh. So there you go. That is some valuable information on how to work through your issues and get healthier as a result. Okay, guys. I'm Carol Jurgensen-Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach. And if you didn't know it, I think you probably do. I have my own YouTube videos, um, both on partner betrayal and also sexual addiction through Sex Help with Carol the Coach. And if you just want some coaching, you can go to my YouTube Carol Sheets channel and look at the um, ways to make yourself feel better and live life to its fullest. And thanks so much for listening tonight to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. And make sure to go to my Betrayal Recovery radio station. It's through Blog Talk again, and it's on Thursdays at 2 o'clock, and it's sponsored by AppSats. We will talk to you later, and as I say at the end of every show, fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. Make it a great week, and I'll see you next week. For more Sex Help with Carol the Coach. <laughs>